Mental Health Podcast, aiming to spread awareness on mental health by sharing the real-life stories of those who've experienced it firsthand. Hello, Mr. Hugh! Hello, hello, Maddie Burke. What's up, man? Not a whole lot, man. Just hanging out. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah, no worries. I really appreciate it. Anytime I can get people to listen to me talk, I'm, <laughs> I'm sad. I sign up for it. I say, yeah, I'm like, fuck it. I don't care. It could be anything. <laughs> yeah. Just, see, really, that's pretty vulnerable that way. Yeah, fuck it. You can trick me into talking about anything and I'll probably do it. <laughs> that's awesome. Good to know. Good to know. Um, you're tall as yeah. fuck. How tall are you? Six, seven. But I don't look 6'7". I feel like I'm a 6'7", but I look 6'5". Okay. Uh, I don't carry myself like a 6'7 person. What does a 6'7 carry them like? Uh, like a badass, like confident, and uh, they can own anything in the room. For me, I think I just speak loud so people can hear me. And I got the double whammy where I'm loud and I'm I'm tall, so I'm good. But I don't know. I, anytime I talk to someone, like everyone will always guess my height. And it'll always be like 6'3", 6'4". And I always just pull out the six seven and wow yeah exactly it, it does well for me I hit the genetic lottery really I'm tall white and a male yeah yeah so I can't and really you're starting to go gray fuck at yeah twenty the big twenty three twenty three yeah, yeah yeah which is sexy I think I think it's cool it it adds a little bit of mystery to me yeah, I mean yeah. you don't know if I'm if I'm tall or if I'm old or uh, yeah. or young just premature gray going on you kind of look know. like Hugh Hefner has anyone ever told you. Like a, a tall Hugh Hefner. A tall Hugh Hefner. I hope in his glory days. I hope not in the days. <laughs> not towards the end. Like, not the days leading up to his death. That would be shitty. Like 1970s. Like, okay, I'll, de- I'll deal with that. That was before everything he was doing wasn't viewed as misogynistic and bad. So No, dude. In his glory days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just Playboy Mansion. The good times. Exactly. The good times. <laughs> the Playboy Mansion. Just, well, uh, yeah. Owning women. When it was looked at as the good times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, when everyone wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not in like those dark, depressing times. Where yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it wasn't that good, but I'll take it. Okay. Um, so tell me about your life, man. Uh, I grew up in Oakville, Ontario. Uh, I was born in Toronto. I, I learned early when moving here that I should just tell people from Oakville and not Toronto because they always like, I feel like people out here get, have, think that we think that they're, we're better than them, which is true, but, uh, <laughs> They can't handle the truth, yeah, so I yeah. lie to them. Exactly. No, then I'll just I, I'm from Oakville. I uh, moved out here. My grandma is from Alberta, PEI. Cool. They're just like way out there. Um, sure. So is. I came here for uh, for cottage, like to the cottage uh, every summer and went to university at UPEI. And I uh, loved it here. So I just, I've, I've been staying as much as possible. Played basketball at UPEI too? Yeah, I didn't play much. I didn't, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I rode the bench for like three years, but. I guess my highlight at UPI basketball was tricking them into putting me on the back of a, of our bus, like a school bus. So like if you, like you'll literally see, I haven't played in two and a half years and you'll still see me holding the basketball, looking all badass on the back of the bus. That's awesome. Uh, and everyone, I remember when that happened, everyone was confused because like this guy averages like six minutes a game. Why is he on the back of the bus? <laughs> I was just there in the right place at the right time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but I played, that was fun. That was a good time. And, Everyone loved the basketball team here, so I kind of reaped the benefits off of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got your face on the black of the book. That's good marketing. Software. Good marketing, yeah, yeah. I'll just use that picture for the rest of my life. Like, <laughs> like, if I don't amount to anything, it's just I got myself on the back of the bus in uh, Prince Edward Island. That's awesome. Yeah, that's not yeah. bad. No, that's an achievement. Yeah, I'll take it. It is. Um, so, um, 
What has your experiences been with mental health wise? Uh, growing up, I didn't, I, I feel like this is a case with a lot of people that like growing up, you either, it's not ignored, but the symptoms of it aren't associated with mental health, especially even with us, like we're born in the late nineties, like it still wasn't prevalent up until like the early 2010s. Like that's when a lot of people started talking about it. So I think I've been struggling with, uh, anxiety and depression and I was diagnosed in, I'd say my first year of university, which was 2015. Uh, but growing and now looking back at it, I've been dealing with those symptoms and, and those uh, kind of side effects of all of that and what depression and anxiety is for my whole life. But I didn't really find out till 2015. And I always say this that like, I kind of, I feel like I would have been better off if I wasn't told by the doctor that like it, I went in and told him all my symptoms. They did some tests and stuff. And he's like, yeah, you've got severe adult anxiety and you've got depression. And I think that's when I started going downhill in terms of like dealing with everything and like becoming overwhelmed with it. That, that was when it started. That was in 2015. Um, because I think when someone tells you something's wrong with you, that's when you start convincing yourself. Like, cause with mental health and shit, it's all literally mental. It's in the name. But, uh, if you can't wrap your head around it, I think that's, that's becomes more of an issue and. I think so like it everything started kind of hitting me like a ton of bricks once I got once I got diagnosed and but I feel like I would have been better off if they didn't tell me I'm happy I was told but like I was I didn't start noticing everything I guess the long-winded answer here is I didn't start noticing anything until 2015 but once they told me about the symptoms and everything it was like fuck my whole life makes sense now mm -hmm. and they kind of they I, I was diagnosed with ADHD as well and that growing up, I feel like if I knew I had ADHD growing up, that would have helped me a lot too in terms of school and everything. But I think I was hit with three ADHD, depression, and anxiety all at once. And I think that was overwhelming for me. So that took me a while to get, not even get over, but like come to terms with, if you mm -hmm. know what I mean. You might not have also, did you understand what all that meant oh, at the time? No. Yeah. No, I, it, because... Like, if you look at the media and you looked at my life, like, I, I, my parents, they were never separated. Like, it was a super happy marriage. I've got really close brother and sister, and, like, I, I wasn't having trouble making friends or anything like that. So, when I was told I've got depression and anxiety, I'm like, that doesn't even make sense because mm -hmm. I didn't really know the details of it, but I just, through the media it wasn't adding up. Like I wasn't like the stereotypical person who would be depressed. I wasn't like the stereotypical person who had anxiety. Like socially, I, I, I had no problem talking to people and anything like that. And so I think my, uh, another problem was just trying to differentiate what it truly was because you were told by the media and shown by the media in what they were to them and like what I guess like the commercial anxiety and depression is and that just didn't feel like me. So it was confusing and I, I was in denial about it for a lot, a long time. It's like, it's bullshit. Like, I, there's no way I've got depression. Like, I'm not fucking depressed and I'm, I don't have anxiety. Like, it, until I really learn about it, and I think that's really important that you have to learn about it. Like, you have to, because everyone deals with it differently. And I didn't think it was unique to each person. I just thought it was like, a, like the flu where... Like, there's pretty much one strand of flu. Like, obviously, there's, it like, can get worse or better, but pretty much, it, like, I thought it was just one 
there's one definition for it. And I think through the years I've learned that there's like, it's just unique to everyone. Like you can't, you, you have to deal, eat, deal with each, uh, diagnosis so differently. And I, I, that's, I think the biggest, I guess, stigma behind it that like everyone deals with the same and everyone has the same symptoms. And I think that's totally bogus in my opinion. Right. Um, at what point in your life did you notice symptoms looking back? Do you think? Looking back at it, I think just through my whole school life, like in high school and like putting everything, I would associate a lot of my, uh, my, what's it called when you, uh, procrastination. Mm -hmm. I associate that with just me being a lazy kid in, in school, but right, like, yeah. I was found, I've always dealt with all my issues last minute, like in even not even issues, but even, even responsibilities all last minute. I realized that was a symptom of anxiety and depression by just pushing it off until you have to do it because that would make me anxious. Like banking, like I, I, I'm afraid to look into my uh, banking accounts when like I've got no issues. I don't know why, but like every, any time I have to pay off my credit card bill, it's like literally to the last minute, like, okay, fuck, I got to do this. Or I'm going to get, going to get fucked with that. Um, so I, I like, and I did that my whole life with, yeah, I, I'm all over the place here, but, uh, it's all good. but with the banking, with, with really anything, when I had to put anything last minute and then the doctor was telling me like, that's a symptom of a depression. And then I look back, I'm like, holy shit. Like that's been my whole life. And mm -hmm. I feel like it would have been nicer to know when I was growing up cause it, it would have been helpful. But I think that was the biggest thing. I think another thing uh, I'm very passive and I, I, I'd avoid conflict a lot because I didn't want to disappoint people. Yeah. And that was another thing I learned. That was a symptom of one of my, uh, of anxiety and, and depression is that like, I was afraid I would avoid the conflict at all cost. And looking back at it now, that would just cause more conflict in the future with me. So like everything is like, I feel like now my whole life is just like I, I've been dealing with this my whole life, so it would have been nice to know earlier. But it's you know, I'm tackling it now, so it's all good. Right. Interesting. Um. So at the time of your diagnosis, 2015, did you uh, were you prescribed anything? Yeah, and that's another thing I'd like to talk about. I haven't found the right medication for me yet. Um, but I was provide at first they just thought they should give me ADHD pills to deal with that, which was Vyvanse. And I felt like that didn't help at all. If anything, it made it worse. Uh, and cause it would make you, it would allow, like it says you're, it, you're allowed, it allows you to focus on one, one or two things or one thing at, at once rather than me. Like I would have everything in my brain going at the same time. Yeah. But it was supposed to slow things down. If anything, that just, that stressed me out more because then I would just focus more on like, okay, I'm taking these pills for something that's wrong with me. And like, I was in denial at the time too. So that didn't work out. I got prescribed with this thing called uh flaxine, which is for depression and ADHD as well. But I think I'm still trying to get over the whole taking pills and, and, and I think that's a form of denial as well, because once you, once you accept that, like you do need help with, with stuff, it's, it's good. But like, I've been trying more talking it out with people and going to therapists rather than, the uh, the drug route because I, for some reason it just freaks me out it just uh, but I'm still working on taking them consistently right now I'm still doing uh, taking tape of venlafaxine but 
<laughs> That's a mouthful. Um, but when I go home, I, I want to try to switch up uh, what I'm taking just to see see if that works. Because a lot of people, when you read, it takes them years to figure out the right medication for them. Right. Yeah. And uh, I don't think I'm comfortable with my medication. And I haven't been since I, I got uh, prescribed it. So does it help or make you feel weird or side effects or... I think I, I I don't think it helps as as much as I'd like it to. Um, I don't have many side effects, but I think I get in my own head when I take it. And so, like, I find once I'm taking pills, I'm thinking more about that. There's actually something going on in my head. If you know what, if that makes sense, like. Uh, so I think if anything that makes me more anxious, like it, it kind of stresses me out more because it's I guess it's becoming more real. It's not like I'm ignoring my symptoms or anything like that but it's more it's it's just more relevant in my life as every morning when I take the pills and I think I, I always do better when I'm not focused solely on it the fact that I've got and like I always say like I don't want to say that there's anything wrong with me but um I don't know I I, I still haven't wrapped my head around the drugs it's, uh, I think that's something I got to work out with my therapist and, and dealing with that. Cause it's, uh, I don't know. I like, I don't know where I am here with that, but, um, I lost my train of thought. My bad. Yeah. No worries, man. That's interesting. I think that's, um, kind of a journey that a lot of people seem to be on or go on to find the right medication. I think a lot, a lot of people, when I, when I first started taking medication, I just thought I was going to be better immediately. Like it was going to yeah. be good. And so I think a lot of my problems with the medication is that since it still takes so long and you still have to do work along with taking the medication and I get frustrated with the fact, okay, like how come this isn't working like a snap? Like how come this isn't working immediately? And I think that's been a lot of my issues too. Like I'm trying to get over that. Yeah. yeah. Is that it's, it's such a long process mm -hmm. and, and people don't fully get better really ever but people don't get better and don't come to terms with things for years after their diagnosis and yeah, yeah. it's a slow process and that's i think that's the hardest part is how slow the process actually yeah. is yeah yeah i think one of my guests was saying it can take up to two months just to see if it, if it'll that's the medication that'll work or exactly. if it's gonna work exactly and that's like when i hear that it's like fuck why am i even trying this like i want to be better now Right. And that's the biggest issue is that you got to be patient with it. Mm. You can't, you can't just take a pill and the next day you're good. And I think that's the biggest, I guess, like uh, preconceived idea of when you're taking pills that it's going to work right away, but it just yeah. doesn't. The way I've been described, um, the way it's been described to me, how they work is kind of like, um, it kind of like brings you not better but it brings you up to baseline where you can start to work to feel better mm -hmm. um and a lot of people i've talked to said kind of similar things um it just kind of brings them up to baseline and then you yeah. can work to their work work from there i guess uh, yeah exactly and i think my biggest mistake with at the beginning of when i was taking medication was that i that's not the mindset i was at like i was saying i thought when i was taking them I was like, I didn't have to do any work. The, the drugs were going to do all the work for me. Right. And I don't think I was really ready to do any work because again, I was still in denial and I was still it, it, like just refusing that. Like I, 
I was depressed or I, I had anxiety. So I was just thinking, oh, I'll do this and I'll ignore it. But uh, it's kind of like when you're working out, you can work out all you want, but if you're not eating right, you're not really going to see many, uh, many results. And that's the same with the drugs. Like you can take all the drugs you want, but if you're not treating your body right, if you're not treating your mind right, then it, all those drugs are going to go to waste. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also probably didn't know how to work on it yourself too. No clue. And from the drugs. Oh gosh, no. And it, it took me so long to find a therapist that worked. And even now I don't really have a therapist that works. I'm still working on that. But I think I talked to like, when I got from the time from when I got diagnosed until now, I've seen like six or seven different people. And it's, and that's another thing where I thought that was going to be immediate, where I was going to talk to the first person and they were going to help. But uh, I, I found it, it takes time to talk to the right person. And it's really important to talk to the right person, but it's not going to happen right away. And I, that's my, I dealt with so many frustrating times where I would talk to someone and it, you could, they just seemed like they were just reading out of a book. And like that wasn't helping a lot. And the more people that I would talk to and it wouldn't work out, the more I was like, fuck this. Like Getting I, discouraged? Yeah, it stopped trying. Like I, I've just, it was almost like I hit my quota of like, I, you know, I tried my best and now I'm, now I'm good. Like I don't have to try anymore. It, it just didn't work out. So right. yeah. we're all good. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I, th- I think talking to the right person um, can be super beneficial. I, I, Got super lucky. The counselor I found um, for grief was the right one for mm-hmm. me. But um, yeah, it's it seems like it can be hard to find the right one. But um, definitely. Um... Okay. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, we uh, we're just kind of talking about how um, like not getting it out, and um, I you, like you can be your own worst enemy holding it in. I've been. A victim of that many, many times. Um, but yeah, yeah it's so bad to hold it in. Yeah. Oh, it's it's tough. And like we were just saying earlier, it's just like you feel like you get in your own head and then you convince yourself that like people don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. People don't want to, like it makes other people feel uncomfortable that you're talking about mental health and something so personal. And so you start to shut in. And like you said, you become your own worst enemy and you become your biggest obstacle to get over this because you have this voice in your head convincing you that oh like he doesn't want to hear this like she doesn't want to spend her time listening to me and talk about my sob story but i think the most important thing is just being so open about stuff and just being an open book because it allows other people to understand what you're going through and it allows other people to to kind of get a look in on what you're dealing with because on the surface like I, half these people who deal with depression and, and mental illness, they, they don't really look like it does, like there's no look, like there's no look of depression, there's no look of mental illness, and then you get so surprised when someone coming along, the, like down the line, you learn that, oh, this person's been struggling for the, with about this for so long, and it kind of breaks your heart because you hear someone went through something or they try to harm themselves and you're like, fuck, like if only I knew, mm-hmm. but it, it, there's no way of knowing unless you, you talk about it. And that's something I want to avoid. Like, I don't want to 
have people just be in the dark with all that stuff because it kind of makes you feel guilty and it makes the other person who didn't know feel guilty and that's just it's unnecessary yeah yeah man i think uh kind of what we were talking about before i said like according to the media mm-hmm. there was nothing wrong with you or like the the picture um what we think of of someone depressed or or anxious or going through mental health struggles like that's like the worst trap you can get yourself into is yeah. like like my life is good why am i feeling like anyone can feel like this it yeah. has absolutely nothing to do with anything external it's it's internal right it doesn't matter like what any situation is like everything's great um or everything's bad it's it's internal yeah i think it's important to treat it as any other sickness where yeah you can be a perfectly healthy person and one day you can just catch a fever for three days like it's yeah that's just the way it goes and and I, but I think with mental illness, and I think I said it before, is that it's unique to everyone. Like there's no book where you can open up and this is how you deal with anxiety and everyone can follow those guidelines. It may work for one person, but for 10 other people, it's not going to work. And that's why it's important that you have to be able to express it yourself because mm-hmm. it, like, unless you let people know what you're dealing with. no one no one is ever going to be able to learn it themselves like it's uh, like i said there's no book on how to treat someone there's no guideline it's just it's unique to to every individual yeah you deal with it in so many different ways like for me i dealt with my depression with just sleeping excessive amounts avoiding people like turning off my phone and just racking up notifications on my phone. I was just not able to answer because uh, like I just was in my own head. I, I, it stressed me out to get a text message and it stressed me out to get emails because, and I have no idea why, but like I just couldn't answer them and I couldn't, uh, I couldn't answer a phone call and I would be like MIA for like three weeks and just in my basement just doing nothing because I, I couldn't uh, like, talking to other people just stress me out and I have no idea why. So uh, it's again, it's unique to, to everyone, but everyone deals with it differently. And until you can talk to someone about it freely, you're always going to be dealing with some shit. Yeah. I think it, um, it gets worse like tenfold the, the longer you don't, um, let it out. The longer you don't keep it in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, completely. Like it. Looking back at it, and you said your other, um, you had a girl on earlier, and she said as soon as she was able to express it, everything became easier. Mm-hmm. And looking back at it, I wish I was able to express it earlier and, and talk about it earlier because so many things in my life would have been a lot easier if I had done that. Right. So, um, does the depression just come and go or where yeah yeah which is the hardest part too because like you can go i can go months of just feeling okay and feeling good and then all of a sudden just out of and you don't really there's no way of knowing it that it's going to come out but and then all of a sudden one day i wake up and like i it's it's a struggle to get out of bed like it's you feel physically exhausted almost um and there's no way of knowing it's coming and 
I, it becomes, everything becomes so much harder just to do the easiest thing, like to eat. Like I, I'll go days where I just don't eat because yeah. like, I just don't want to, like I, it's so much effort to do it. And I just feel like, oh, I don't have to do this today. Like you just do the bare minimum. Right. Yeah. And then you just lay in bed and look at your phone and what you think is you've been laying in bed looking at your phone for 30 minutes. It turns out it's like three hours. Yeah. Just kind of lose yourself in it. Oh yeah, exactly. And then you kind of start using it as it, as an excuse. Like that's, I would just do. Oh, I don't have to do this because I'm I'm feeling shitty today. And I think once you're able to get over the fact, like you you still have to be a functioning human being, and you can still. It's not debilitating, and you have to convince yourself that it's not. Because if you don't, then you're just gonna fall into a hole of just really unhealthy mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't let it um, stop you from attempting to do healthy things. Yeah, it's yeah. You're fighting with yourself. You're battling yourself. And, yeah, and you've got you've got to win every time. Because if you lose, then it's so easy to just fall into that trap of just accepting that you're depressed and uh, whatever. This is me, and like you can't let. And a lot of people say that you can't let depression or anxiety define you because once it does that, then you kind of just embody embody that, what depression is to yourself. And I don't know, it, it's exhausting though. Like it really is. I don't want to take anything away from that because it's a constant effort to, to fight that off. What are some things you do on a base, uh, daily basis um, that helps you? just walking outside like yeah mm-hmm. I, I, fresh air is, it's crazy how and yeah out here i love it because you get the nice salt air and, and whatnot but just walking outside and, and then even talking to yourself and saying like okay i'm good like treating everything like it's an accomplishment as silly as that sounds like oh i walked outside for 30 minutes that's really good like good for you like you have to be super positive and super because on the other hand, when I, you get into uh, a mode of, like I get into a, a mode of depression, everything I do becomes negative. And so I find if I just flip that on the outside, rather than, oh, I only went outside for 30 minutes, like a, you piece of shit, like you lazy son of a bitch. It's like, man, I went outside for 30 minutes. That's good. It was 30 minutes more than what I did yesterday. Yeah. And uh, being active, uh, talking to people, reaching out to people. Like that all helps, and like I said again, just treating everything like it was, yeah, it's an accomplishment. Really helps because just a pat on your back goes so long. It's mm-hmm. such a long way, um, and if you just like you, you have to be confident. You have to just give your let you win those days. Like you have to win the day, kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I listen to that. I forget who, but I listen to that on a podcast where you just have to win the day, and once. Once you do that, you try to win tomorrow. And then you kind of, without even knowing it, you've gotten out of your funk. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, man, I've been, uh, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I've been kind of going through some of that. And uh, there's just like, I think what it is, is there's like a check, there's like check boxes you have to, you have to hit every day. And, um, you have to figure out what they are for you and then you have to just hit them every day. Yeah, exactly. And as even if they're little things, like I said, going outside, doing your laundry, uh, making yourself food rather than buying it. But like, once you see those, like, even if it's on a piece of paper in your head, once you see those check marks, like once you see those boxes crossed off, 
it's a sense of accomplishment. And you're like, okay, like I can do, I, I can still function. Like I'm still a, a functioning human being. I can still do good things. Right. So don't get lost in, in all of the negative things that you're doing wrong because that's what got you there in the first place. If you just, if you create these little wins every day, then it's it it's bad. It's inevitable that you're gonna start feeling better about yourself. You have mm-hmm. to find ways and excuses to feel better about yourself because this whole thing, depression and everything, it, it attacks you and it makes you feel lesser mm-hmm. of a human being. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So walking helps, um, and then um, connecting with people. Yeah, talking. Um, Talking about your problems, talking about just talking to people in general. Just talking to people in general. Just yeah. being being social, social. And, yeah. and just stepping out of your comfort zone and and just and really like even if you just write your stuff down, um, and writing all your thoughts down and just because I find if you keep everything in your own head, it's just you're gonna get overwhelmed with everything you're thinking about. So mm-hmm. if you just kind of like it just write all your shit on a piece of paper and just keep those and you can look back at them like if you're having a bad day and you're writing down all the stuff you're thinking on a bad day it's it's amazing actually like i've gone days where i've had really shitty days and mentally and i write down the way the way you think when you're in a bad day having a bad day mentally and a good day is like night and day and it's yeah, almost yeah. like fuck like i never want to be like that guy mm-hmm. who's was, who was having a rough day Yes. And it's kind of, if you start to understand what you're like on those shitty days, then that's, that's awesome too, because then you can use that as reference to just never do that. Yeah. I find too, it takes some of the power away from it too. If you write it out and then you look at it and you're like, this isn't, you, your rational brain can kind of look at it and be like, this isn't like how I actually, like, I can't believe I I'm thinking this like exactly it doesn't even seem like yourself like, yeah 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 you'd be so surprised at, and if no one's done it before like I tell, urge them to do it because you'd be so surprised as to what you sound like it, it, you don't recognize yourself when you're having those shitty days and yeah yeah and those those mentally mental down days because like it really isn't you it's not you and it's not who you are and uh, it's kind of motivation to never be that person Right, and I when I started doing that, I, would, I was having less bad days because, uh, like, I just didn't want to. Like, I didn't want to. I didn't want to sound shitty. I didn't want to, like, be that hard on myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Um, well, I love everything you said. I think you um, said some really good advice for people, um, and um, I really appreciate you coming on to. Uh, Share some of your story, man. Yeah, no worries, dude. At any time. Like, I, I love what you're doing here, too. And I think more people need to do it. And yeah. Any time I can help with it. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it, dude. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs>